Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah wa barakatuh. If you follow sports, one of the things that happens every season before they begin to play is all of the sports writers predict what's going to happen during the season. Uh, they tell you who's going to win and who's going to lose and what kind of season the various teams are going to have. Like this, there is a constant prognostication of results. But this goes on in every part of the world, in every segment of the world. Uh, if you're involved in finances or in the stock market, you can pay thousands of dollars for different people to send you uh, reports on what stocks are going to go up and what stocks are going to go down. And... Uh, listen to the various uh, uh, doomsayers, naysayers, and yaysayers as to what is going to happen. On the radio right now, they have sports talk. And they go on 24 hours a day. And uh, in our city... We have three different stations that do this 24 hours a day. <laughs> so, if you're into sports, and some people are, they listen to this all day long, and it becomes an obsession. There's also political shows, and shows on the market, the stock market, and shows on the economy. And if you listen... Uh, with a discerning ear, you'll note the prejudices of the different sports people and the teams they like and the teams they dislike. And you'll note that when they make their pronostications, their own personal feelings really come in to who they predict will win or lose. And in politics, you have the left and you have the right, and you have the far left and you have the far right. And you have... Uh, the analysts who adhere to either the left, the right, the middle, the far right, the far left, and each of them, because of the way they feel, makes certain statements and predictions based on their own ideas of how things should be. They create a lot of worry. They make people anxious. Um, some are constantly bringing about <clears throat> all of the terrible things that can happen because uh, the politics don't adhere to their point of view. Let's talk about worry a little bit first because we need to understand 
what it is. Worry is feeling future pain now. You think about what's going to happen next, and then you put a set of circumstances around it, and then you put yourself into that set of circumstances, and often, because you're worrying, you've made those set of circumstances negative, and you therefore react in a negative way now to things that haven't happened yet, but you're sure they're going to. Uh, you're predicting the future. Not only have you joined the analysts who do this for a living and get paid, uh, the difference is you're not getting paid, but you're suffering from the emotional trauma of uh, the exercise. And the exercise of predicting the future, if you are attached to outcomes, always carries emotional trauma. Um, it makes you go through things. Now, one of the things that's happened is for a lot of people who don't have religion, uh, politics has become religion. For some, sports has become religion. For some, the stock market has become religion. Economics has become religion. If uh, you study uh, economics when you're in college, and they always do some uh, socialism slash communism slash Marxism, what essentially happened is somebody took the point of view, Marx, that there is no God, there is no religion, the only factor in the happiness of humanity is your economic status. There is nothing else. Of course, Freud would tell you it all depends on how your mother treated you. There is nothing else. But they all, they all come up with different situations. So, who are we and what have we been taught? And I'll relate to you a story, which I've told before, but it's very important to this uh, particular issue. Bao Mahayadin in 1976 uh, was going to get interviewed to obtain his green card uh, from uh, the United States government. A green card is a uh, permanent residency card, which means you don't have to get a visa as you travel back and forth in and out of the United States. And uh, he called me the night before he was to get it, and uh, I was informed I was taking him. Um, so uh, the first thing that happened was I said to my wife, we have to clean the car. And then the next morning, we drove to Philadelphia, picked up Bawa and two translators, uh, Dr. Ajwad Marker and Dr. Marker. And uh, we went to a hospital first because he had to get a blood test or an examination. I don't remember exactly. And then we went to the federal building downtown. 
and we came in and uh, we were brought to a uh, hearing room and uh, we sat down and I had bought a bunch, a bunch of Bauer's books to give to the hearing officer because the, uh, the reason we were getting the green card was based on the fact that he was a religious leader and a certain group of people wanted him to stay in the United States so we could be taught and I wanted to show some proof of that. Well, the hearing examiner really didn't care because somebody already had made that decision and all he needed to do was ask his questions. So he started to ask questions. And uh, one of the people from Sri Lanka, it was Ajwad Makinmarker, was translating. And the first question had a yes or no answer. And Bawa said something in Tamil which meant yes, and the translator said yes. Uh, the next one was no, and the next one was yes or no. And it went on like that, one-word answers, because they were one-word answer questions. The last question was, are you now or have you ever been a member of the Communist Party? Bawa gave a 15-minute answer. The translator said, no. <laughs> now, the translator really didn't care. The no was what he needed, and he got it. And he said to us, that's it, you'll get your green card in the mail soon. And we left. And since I was driving and had two captive translators and a captive bower, I could ask questions. And I did. And I said, what just happened in there? Because I don't understand Tamil. And Dr. Ajwad said to me that Bawa explained that one of the reasons he was in the United States was to keep communism out of the United States. And there's no way that he could support communism because it's atheistic. And also, uh, free enterprise is the appropriate economic system as explained in the Quran. And uh, so Bawa spends a lot of his time praying that communism stay out of the United States, and he is a force for keeping communism out of the United States. And as long as he's here, we will be protected from communism. And then Ajwad said, I didn't think that that would go over so well with the examiner. So the essence of the answer was he wasn't. So I just said no, and I thought that was sufficient, and it was sufficient. But that presents a question for us. What do we think keeps America safe? Do we think it's our politicians? Do we think it's our army? Do we think it's our diplomats? And what do we think puts America in trouble? Do we think it's our politicians? Do we think it's our army? What do we believe? Can we believe that a little brown man sitting on a bed on 5820 Overbrook Avenue can keep communism out of the United States? What do we believe? Do we believe God runs things? Or do we believe man runs things? To set up a belief system 
within ourselves is part of what the Sufi path involves. And that belief system is that we don't believe in the world, we believe in God. We don't overreact to the world, we react to God. We don't think man can control the world, we believe Allah controls the world. And when Allah wishes to intervene, Allah will intervene. It's difficult when you live in a world of senses, sight, hearing, touch, smell, and your intellect interacts with these senses, and the intellect and the senses all interact with the elemental nature of the world, uh, earth, air, fire, water, and ether, to imagine that there is a stronger force than what we see. That there is a stronger force than what the newspapers write about. That there is a stronger force than what the prognosticators predict. That somehow there's more to what's going on than meets the eye. Not everything is what we see. I remember for the 12 years, 14 years, that I was with Bawa, in a very real sense, we were cloistered from the world. Even though we lived in the world, we spent most of our time with Bawa. And even though we had jobs, we spent most of our time with Bawa. And what we were learning when we were with Bawa was not about the world. It was about the unseen, that which you couldn't see, and that which was non-elemental. We learned about the great force that is God, the great force that is Allah, and His control over everything. And we began to ignore the world. And he would say to, to us things like, to the world make believe it's real, but only believe in God. Now, in times of turmoil, this is difficult to do. Because we somehow feel that the turmoil that's going on affects us directly. But of course, that's a test of your faith and of your belief system. Do you think that it's possible, possible that if you form a strong relationship with Allah, with God, and when I say you, I mean each and every one of you. You will change the outcome of things in the world. 
that if you love and your love is intense and your love is real and your love is genuine and your love is non-denominational and your love is without blemish and without fault and strong, that you can change the outcome of things in the world. God came to Abraham and said, I'm going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham said to God, if there are 50 good people there, would you destroy it? God said, no. Abraham said, if there are 40 good people there, would you destroy it? God said, no. If there are 30 good people there, would you destroy it? God said, no. If there are 20 good people there, would you destroy it? God said, no. If there are 10 good people there, would you destroy it? God said, no. If there were five good people there, would you destroy it? God said, no. Abraham became shy and stopped at five. Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed. Why? Because there weren't five good people. Ask not for whom the bell tolls, it tolls for thee. Are you one of the good people in this country that will save this country? Did a proud man sitting on a bed on 5820 Overbrook Avenue keep communism out of the United States? Do you believe it? Can you believe it? Do you believe that the world exists because of the ones who have a relationship with God? And if the ones who have a relationship with God disappear, then there's no reason for the world. Can you be one of the ones who has a relationship with God so that there becomes a reason for existence to be? God created man so that he would have someone to know him in his fullness. God is the mystery within man, and man is the mystery within God. And our work in this world is to break through that mystery and come to know the Creator. And when do we know the Creator? When we are free of the influence of anger, of doubt, of envy, of jealousy, and we are free of desire, and we are free of need. The prophet asked for charity to be given. And uh, Umar came forward and said, I give half of everything I have. And then Abu Bakr came forward and said, I give everything that I have. And the prophet said to him, uh, if you give everything that you have, what will you do for your support? And he said, I depend on my prophet and on my God for my support. Who do we depend on for our support? Who do we believe will be the one who defends us in the time of need? Who do we believe will defend us in the time of of difficulty. Do you believe this world is all that there is? Or do you believe 
that this world is a journey that doesn't end with death, that goes on. Have you made contact with that which is eternal, or are all your contacts connected to the illusory world that is not eternal? Do you believe in the elements which disappear, or do you believe in love, which has no form and can't disappear because you can't see it anyway? Do you believe in Hak, reality, or do you believe in Dunya, the dung heap, the world, which is the basis of your internal belief system? And how do you react in the midst of that belief system? Can you, amidst all of the noise in the world, remove yourself, be calm, stay in a state of repose, and truly say, La ilaha illallah, La ilaha illallah, La ilaha illallah, I do not exist. Only God exists. There is no God but Allah. Money is not a God. Fame is not a God. Politics is not a God. I am not a God. The only God is God. And everything in this illusory world doesn't stand up to him. Everything in this illusory world doesn't come near him. Everything in this illusory world has no power over him, has no ability over him. He controls. And it is the good ones in this world that create a relationship with him that keep blessings into this world. Bowers said, that if 11 of his children with true hearts marched around the Kaaba together with the intention to hold back the destruction, the destruction would be held back. Sometime around 1992 we did that. We had a little green flag he gave us and we had I think 11 people and we did Tawaf seven times around the Kaaba in his name to hold back the destruction. Well, God's will so far has been to hold it back. I don't know what will happen tomorrow. None of us know what will happen tomorrow. But, we can either be negative or positive about what will happen tomorrow. In this world of illusion, there is a constant onslaught of negative thoughts and negative ideas 
and negative inclinations. There are constantly people with inappropriate manners who have become bullies, who become mean, who don't know how to act towards people. In our interactions with the world, we run into these people all the time. Bauer ran into these people all the time. You think everybody who came before him was respectful? People came to see him who had venom in their hearts and came to prove him to be the fool. didn't work, but in their head it worked. It's very interesting how your mindset creates your reality. And unless your reality is hock, everyone is a personal reality. And everybody has a personal reality, and they believe in that reality as if it had some meaning. Therefore, worry. You take your personal reality, oh my God, and you take it out into the world, worry. Where's the only safe haven? With God. Where's the only safe place for you? With God. I mean, it's dangerous to cross the street in this world. There's danger everywhere. Watch a uh, documentary on the poisonous animals in Australia, and you'll learn a little bit about the danger that lurks everywhere. You know, each of our stories will have the same ending. You have to realize that. Everybody goes, period. Now, what happens is we live our lives as if we don't go. We live our lives as if all of this isn't going to disappear. People talk about when will the destruction happen. Quite simply, the destruction happens every day for hundreds of thousands of people. They die! The destruction happened! It's over as far as this world is concerned for them. People want to hold on to the last breath. They don't want to go. And they have many reasons why they don't want to go. But we're all going to go. And if money was our God, when we go, we have to depend on money. If fame was our God, when we go, we have to depend on fame. If politics was our God, we have to depend on politics. If Allah is our God, we depend on Allah. We have to make that stand in this lifetime. That's the purpose of this life, to make that stand, to live illusion, leave illusion, and enter into Hawk 
enter into reality, to find that which is eternal and attach ourselves to that which is eternal so that we become part of that which is eternal. And love is what makes that transition. Love will take you out of illusion into reality. Love will pull you from worry into joy. Love will pull you from that which appears to be difficult to that which is glorious. Love melts away self-motive, self-doubt, self-righteousness. Love does away with the self because love transcends the self. Love is greater than you are as a person living in illusion. And if you enter love, you become greater than you were. You become more than you were. Think of your life before love and after moments of love. And what it's like during moments of love. You become transcendent. You become more than you were more than you were. There's an amazing blue song that goes, please forgive me for what I did, because that was before love came to town. <clears throat> when love comes to town, everything changes. You ain't who you were no more, no more. You ain't who you were no more. And we have to believe this. It's said that Sufis are lovers. Well, how do you run around being angry at people and be a lover? How do you run around talking about people behind their backs and be a lover? How do you judge people constantly and be a lover? There are lots of people who call themselves lovers who are frauds. Don't be a fraud. Learn the difference between love and not love. On the way to wisdom, there is a stop after sense awareness and intellect, which is called discrimination. That's the place where you realize that sense awareness and intellect are not all there is, and that there's more, and there's something beyond that. Many people, when they discover that there's something more, think they've arrived. And discrimination, the ability to say, well, that's not all there is, they consider that to be wisdom. Well, it's not. It's just the discovery that you're a fool. And just because you know you're a fool is not a solution. I'm a fool. Yes, so? You somehow have to go beyond knowing you're a fool. You somehow have to go beyond knowing that the whole world is fooled. What are they fooled about? 
And how do you become more than a fool? What do you have to do? How do you have to be? There is a Sharia, the code of conduct, for people at the base level. There is a Sharia, a code of conduct, for people at the second and third and fourth levels. Shariat, Tarikat, Hakikat, Marifat, the different levels of ascendancy and explanations in Sufism. As you ascend each level, your Shariat becomes more difficult. To the point where your Shariat becomes, you need to love everyone. Can you imagine? In order to exist in that state, you need to love everyone. Your justice needs to be like God's justice. Can you imagine a justice that pure? Your mercy has to be like God's mercy. Your compassion has to be like God's compassion. It's a lot more than don't bear false witness. We have to transcend. And when we transcend through love and compassion and mercy, the difficulties in our life fall away. Why? Because they don't matter anymore. Because we don't give them credence anymore. We don't depend on things to go a certain way because we know that Allah's way is perfect. The problem is we can't see perfection. And we need to learn to see perfection. Finding out you're a fool is not enough. We have to enter into the qualities that are Allah. And as we do that, we transcend this temporary illusory world and enter into eternity and your place is meant to be eternity so let go of everything that isn't God because everything that isn't God dies eternity is only with God so when someone says, may you enter eternity, they are saying, may you enter existence with Allah. May that be the course for each of us. Amin, amin. Ya Rabbil Alameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.